Hi everyone, it's Jack from the pod here. Um, just a quick note to let you know that you know this pod is for entertainment purposes. You know, and these are these are our opinions. Um, and it's yeah, it's just here to have some fun and hopefully you know provide some insight. So don't take this too seriously, um, and please keep that in mind when you're listening. Thank you very much. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of From the Backseat Football Podcast. It is your usual lineup today, um, myself Jack and my wonderful co-host Hugh. How are you Hugh today? I am very well, if not a little bit stressed this evening. I'm trying to pack everything because I'm going to Berlin for a week tomorrow. Um, and as always, me and Tash have left to the last minute to get everything <laughs> sorted for it. So Nice, um, nice. Obviously, I mean, if, it, if it works for you, you know. If it works, it works. I mean, the pod obviously comes first, so we're going to bash this out. <laughs> and if I forget some underwear, then it was all worth the sacrifice. So, yeah, apart from that, all good. Looking forward to the little city breakout in Europe. I think the weather's meant to be a bit shit, but we'll move through that. We'll move through that. How's life treating you? All good, mate. No complaints from me. I'm not going to make you any saltier than you already are. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of From the Backseat Football Podcast. It is your usual lineup today. Um, myself, Jack, and my wonderful co-host Hugh. How are you, Hugh, today? I am very well, if not a little bit stressed this evening. I'm trying to pack everything because I'm going to Berlin for a week tomorrow. Um, and as always, me and Tash have left to the last minute to get everything <laughs> sorted for it. So nice. Um, nice. Obviously, I mean, if, it, if it works for you, you know. If it works, it works. I mean, the pod obviously comes first, so we're going to bash this out. <laughs> and if I forget some underwear, then it was all worth the sacrifice. So, yeah, apart from that, all good. Looking forward to the little city breakout in Europe. I think the weather's meant to be a bit shit, but we'll move through that. We'll move through that. How's life treating you? All good, mate. No complaints from me. I'm not going to make you any saltier than you already are. Um, trying to get a bit of insight over these two games, but the optics don't look great. They don't look great, I have they to say. They do not. They do not. There's about one major talking point that I can think of. But look, let's just start with Italy 1, England nil. Let's get the boring, the more boring one out of the way. And then we can get on to England, Germany. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Um, take it away. I mean, where to begin? I wrote, honestly, my first note, I just wrote Harry Maguire summed it up there was a corner that he just kicked it out for no reason he wasn't under pressure this is gonna be a recurring theme of this podcast basically just slagging off harry Maguire. i've realized but he is yeah. rubbish and you know no 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 let's save that okay sorry yeah. that's all i had that's all i had to fuck up too much on italy <laughs> <laughs> other than just not looking good again um but yeah we're gonna try and be nuanced i think because i think harry Maguire. Doesn't need another stab in the back, bless him. Or maybe he does. Maybe he actually just needs to kill over and die at this point. Who knows? It's, it's what the people want. It's they want to hear want. people to stick more knives in. Yeah, I mean, I can hear him. The guy... Oh, okay, no, you know what? Let's just move on. Move on. Okay, next point. Saka at left wing back. What do we think? <laughs> Absolute waste. What, what a waste. <laughs> do you know what the most annoying thing about this is, right? Saka is A, very good at football, and B, if you need left wingers or left wing backs bring some don't just bring all the right backs and then just crowbar Saka in when you realise they're not they're not fit Rico Henry Sessignon we said it just bring one of them if he, he doesn't like Trent don't bring Trent then just don't bring him you don't like him bring Sessignon imagine putting your most threatening right winger at left wing back now I can I'm going to try and reason with Gareth here and say that he did start his Arsenal career at left wing back under Emery for a, for like a month or maybe six weeks, he did play there, so he does have experience there. Does that mean he should be whacked on when England are where they are going into this international break, looking for a goal from open play? I think for the first time this year, maybe. I just, it's just, I just don't know what he's trying. To be honest with you, I just don't know why. You know, put Kieran Trippier back over there. Do you know what I mean? Like he's done that before, and that's actually worked out. Just put Saka on the right. It doesn't make any sense. 
He's the only uh, guy that can inject a bit of life into the attack, so it just seemed like a weird decision, that. Really it's did. just weird. This is like the period where you need to be tightening up the lineup, tweaking a few things. Like, if everything else is settled, you can try Saka as an emerging left wing back. But nothing feels that settled, so it was unnecessary. It felt like it would it would have made more sense to just have the defined system and just just get them used to each other. So mm. don't really know what that experiment was about because he's obviously not going to play there in the World Cup. He's got to play right wing. So yeah, no, I mean, I mean that experiment died literally by the Germany game. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a weird one. It was a weird one. Um, but yeah, I mean to kind of summarise England overall, we're just stale, just insipid. There's no. It's just no threat. <laughs> I, I, I struggle to understand other than the fact that we've got, when you think you've got the double pivot with five at the back, then you can understand. If you've got seven players pretty much in your own half most of the game, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good Harry Kane is ultimately. You can't ask that of him. And too often are we seeing Sterling and him look isolated or just balls lumped over to them and expect them to create something out of nothing. It's just, oh, it's just, it's not, it's not competition winning football. Do you know what I mean? You can smash your San Marinos all you want. But once it comes to the big games, like we were never going to beat Italy with that with that style. And it's just so disappointing that we didn't go for a more attacking lineup. You know, it was a bit of a nothing game. We were going to get relegated, let's be fair, out of this Nations League. But does anyone care anyway? No, they don't. No one cares. Um, so I this was a chance. Know. You know, this was a chance to put Reese James and maybe Trent in the same team. Put Reese James at right centre back. Nah, you know? That's radical. That's way too radical. <sighs> Although dumb. that would be the ultimate Gareth move. You've got Reese James and Carl Walker as centre backs. You've got Trippier at left back, Trent at right back. It's like his dream. I know. So why didn't it. he do it? You know? I've out Gareth Gareth. So yeah, just on a whole, it was a shocking game to watch. And um It was yeah. pretty terrible to be honest. Like that's why we're scrambling. To, for things mm. to talk about I mean Harry Kane trying to do too much being too greedy but then like you rightly said he's being asked to do a lot he's basically being asked to carry the majority of the attacking threat on his own and I think he looks around and he sees a lot of players not in great form or not feeling that confident at the moment so he's like yeah. I am so I'm the captain I'll take it on my on myself you know to just kind of carry us yeah and... well that's like you say though he's dropping deep when we've got seven deep players, you know, Harry, stay up. Stay up there. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, what's going on? Foden, again, I don't think Gareth knows how to use a player like Foden. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. It's just, it's too much for Gareth. hitting the heights of these two matches, has he, Foden? Like, we'll get on to the Germany game, but... Yeah. He, he had two starts and things got better when he left the pitch, putting it nicely. I know, but then you see what he does for City and it's just like... Yeah, there's got, no, there's, there's, no, there's no excuse. Yeah, you know, you either work out the best way to use him and use him effectively or you just stop playing him, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. and We know how good Foden is. You know, I honestly think it's a system that he's put in. Yeah, you, know, you, see, you see Sterling up, like, pretty much on that left-hand side, don't you? With, with Kane central, Sterling kind of drops to the, the left wing position. But I think Foden probably operates best in that position as well. So I think you've either got to start Sterling or Foden. I don't think you can do both. Um, as much as we want we want to see Foden as a kind of cam, he does kind of do better from the left-hand side. Yeah, we did say that though. We're massively stacked on like the left-hand side and the right side is basically Saka and then Jared Bowen. And yes, I guess Foden as well, although he's not looked anywhere near yeah. dangerous on that side. So tricky one. Because you do mm. want to crowbar him in for sure. And I get the temptation, but... We've made that mistake before as England. We've crowbarred all the names we want in and we've not thought about what we actually need and that's always a difficult part. Um, Jude Bellingham is good at football and he was decent in both of the games. I think he was man Jude of the match Bellingham is the best player, player in the world. Yeah, he is unreal. But again, I'm asking way too much of Jude. He should be a starter for sure, but he shouldn't be, he the, shouldn't main be the main man. Yeah, he shouldn't be the main man just yet. You know, like that midfield minus minus Jude is is just so uninspiring. I know I said last week or whenever that I backed the midfield. On paper, it looks like a good midfield, but I think I don't know if it was Hendo's introduction. I don't know. Declan Rice is he's a great player, but he's a sideways passer of the ball. We just he need is. someone to pass it in the lines. 
If only we'll there was something. some kind of creative midfielder that England had who was available. I know. The mind boggles. The mind really boggles. The mind boggles. really boggles. <laughs> James <laughs> Madison at home is tearing his hair out right now. He deserved to be on He's the plane. getting closer to being on that plane with each bad performance that comes, I would hope. Mm. Well, no. <laughs> I think this is going to be the squad. I can't That's see true. Gareth changing it after all the kind of. Because you have to take into account the communication from the club, from from the club, from the from the England squad as well. Like you've actually got to take into account the messaging that they've put out about Harry Maguire's inclusion, um, and the message is pretty strong. They're they're going to stick, you know. Like he, he's he's got too much credit in the bank, and I think too many of these players it. have got credit in the bank to to not go to the World Cup. You know, this was the best opportunity to drop players ahead of the World Cup to kind of put the market down and say you either improve or you're not going which is what I think a lot of this it's, squad needs. It's ridiculous. Um, it's actually ridiculous because he pivoted from his initial, what Gareth was saying initially, where he said, it's all about form. If you're not playing, you don't get in my squad. And then he starts Harry Maguire, he starts Luke Shaw, you know, he's bringing all sorts in. Mm-hmm. But also not playing the form players, like Tony didn't get a sniff. No. Tamori didn't get a sniff, which is honestly, that, that, is, that is criminal. That's outrageous. It's criminal. It's criminal. Um, okay, what else? Reese James is also fine. He's a very serviceable right wing back. He doesn't quite have the same dominance that he has when he plays for Chelsea. And I thought his set pieces were not as good as I was expecting from him. I've got very high standards for him because he is that good. And in an England team that until the Germany game had only scored one goal, which was a penalty in five matches, seems like set pieces are normally our route to goal. So you kind of need him to be absolutely firing on that front. So just just something to think about and work on. Like, who is the designated set piece taker in the England squad? Is it is it Reece James? It should be Reece James. I I agree. He definitely had some very poor deliveries, but I still think he's I still our, our best dead ball specialist. Unless James Ward Prowse comes, but even then he's not starting, is he? So it would probably fall on Reece James's shoulders. But yeah, he he doesn't look like anything like the Chelsea Reece James, does he? Even no. though he's playing, what you kind of assume it's the same position um, you would have thought he'd be up there overlapping with Foden a lot more it's, I can only think again it's a system that's inhibiting him from actually doing that do you know what I mean like we know restraints will get forward <laughs> he needs <laughs> no know? encouragement does he like, any why is he excuse? passing back to the centre circle every time yeah. he's just running the man it's just it's bizarre but again you know it's you can only think it's the system it's yeah. the instructions yeah. and I said it before, Gareth Southgate's famous sufferable is just insufferable, <laughs> isn't it? It's just, oh, just so boring. Like, everyone knows what to expect. Like, I, I, was out, I was out Saturday and I was outside of the guys' classic talking about football while everyone was inside. And uh, someone piped up like, so who watched England match? I'm like, no one did. Yeah, no one cares. It's too much apathy, mate. That's crazy, think, isn't it? From where we were... Think, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always that notion that people only care about the national team once a big tournament comes along, and I agree to an extent. But with this squad and the harmony that he created, there's just so much potential to push on and make this squad like no other squad before. One, and they, they've done that previously, and I, it's annoying because you, it's almost like you can't say anything about Gareth Southgate because of what's come before. Even the commentators against Germany were like, "This is only the he's only lost eight games or thirteen games." Something like that. But then you actually look at who England come up against. And, you know, 70% of them are San Marino level. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, you can't look at win records, but, it, yeah, I don't know. It's a Gareth tricky Southgate, one. Because yeah. he's, he's the most successful modern English manager, really, in terms of progress. And he's definitely got everyone more on board with supporting England again. It was really fractious and it was bad before he came in. So... He's done a good job in that respect, but it's getting to the sort of Frank Lampard at Chelsea stage, I think, where he was the right manager for then, but now this is a different England team in a different place. So maybe we need a manager who can kick us on from where we are now because he's taken us as far as he can. Who is that manager, though? I have a suggestion. It's not Sean Dyche. <laughs> it is. No, I would back Sean Dyche, but it's not Sean oh, Dyche. Oh, no. <laughs> So I guess the real, the only question is, does an England manager have to be English? Because it feels like they do. But if that's the case, then please refer to my previous answer. But if they I feel don't, like, yeah, no, 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 let's hear, let's hear your actual one. Thomas Tuchel, mate. Thomas Tuchel, he's yeah, available. No, and no. He no. plays 
No. He plays football based on who the opposition are. So he, he do you remember he tailored Chelsea to basically just beat the big yeah, teams no, this in is the Champions true. League? This is so true. in short tournaments, he's very effective and, you know, he's relatively well proven. He doesn't have time to fall out of everyone or, you know, he doesn't have owners that he doesn't like. It's not about signing. He just focus on coaching a couple times a year and, you know, play France, do counter-attacking football, play small teams, be dominant. And he loves three five two, and that seems to be our go-to. Yeah, on paper, it's logical that there's something about German being in charge of the English national team that's just, it's a huge red flag. I just... I hear you, I but... I can't make that bridge. The England women won the Euros with a foreign coach. Yeah, I, I said German, not foreign. <laughs> True. We can't True. have that. We can't. Have, I think the problem with the foreign manager for the men's national team is because of Fabio Capello and Sven Goran Eriksson, to be honest. I think there's a, there's a generation of England fans who just will never accept a foreign person. <laughs> Rather have Sam Allardyce, Roy Hodgson and Gareth Southgate than hand it back over to... Maybe. To a foreign manager. Maybe. It's a joke, isn't it? I'd rather play well and potentially win stuff. And I don't I wonder really give how, a fuck like, who's in charge. This is a bit of a tangent, but I mean, how interesting do do managers find the international setup as well? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think is it a different bracket? Would I think it's it, probably more boring, but I think if you're earning decent money and you do it for a couple of years, it's probably quite a big honour if it's your country. If it's not your country, it's probably quite a nice job, to be honest. I mean, Tuchel makes sense, but I think his ego would stop him from doing that. But I don't quite know yeah. where he's going to go. You know I'm who just... I'd like to see? Go on then. Graham Potter. Monsieur Wenger. I reckon Arson <laughs> leaves FIFA, leaves his head of football development where the fuck he's in, uh, and take over the reins at England and deliver. Oh, that'd be amazing. I think he could do it, you know. I think, I he'd think... Get, he could get a nicer team out of the current format. Do you know what I mean? Mm, that's an interesting one. I, oh, I don't know. I think Arsenal's probably happen. English enough that he counts as an England manager. I think people would get behind Arsene Wenger. I think but enough time has passed for him to be disassociated with the Arsenal moment. Do you know what I mean? I'd worry about his relevancy in the current game. If he's just like a relic, you know, at the time. No. You know what? We used to slate him for getting fourth place, but then we stopped getting fourth place when he left. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think he's still got a place. I think he can still do a job. Do you know what I mean? Like, He's got so much experience. But anyway, it will never happen. But Arson so there we go. would love that. It's Arson, Thomas Tuchel, <laughs> but reality it's Sean Dyche. <laughs> That's where we're going to land in all of this. Yeah, now Graham's out of the picture. It is kind of worrying. I do not see a, a, a successor at this point. I really well, like, don't see anyone. Yeah, you have to start going down, down, down. It's like Eddie Howe. Yeah, but he wouldn't Chris me, Wilder. Oh, it you know what I mean? it's going down, down, but it would, down. it will go that way. You know what I mean? Like, but then Southgate was a rubbish club manager until he got the job, and it was super underwhelming. So, mm. most of these have more experience than he did when he took it. I tell you what, because we have taken a massive tangent, should we do the Germany England game, and then we're going to do a proper deep dive on Southgate successes and everything else, um, unrelated to these two matches? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yes, England three, Germany three. This was a much better game. Things actually happened. I think, before we get into the specifics, I think this was a good result in the way it was going because we were getting slapped 2-0 and come back after playing rubbishly again for 66 minutes and almost win, bar, you know, some pretty silly, silly mistakes. I think it actually ends the Nations League on a slight positive. Something oh, to hold into. It is the smallest of silver linings, but after getting really battered 4-0 by Hungary, it was something. You know what it is? And what's interesting is, at 2-0 down against Germany at home in Wembley in like 60 minutes, it, the final result still feels disappointing, just about the way it played out. Um, I mean, there are some positives. AK, we scored from open play a couple a couple of times. A couple of, Obviously, there was a Harry Kane penalty. Every time. Every it feels time. like it's every four games. It's honestly crazy. He is unreal oh. penalties, though. That, that was I'd my like note. Harry Kane is unreal at penalties. I think he's the best. I mean, that penalty, considering the pressure, the way he's just slapped that top bins. I've, I heard that, I think, it was a, I think it was Jose Mourinho speaking about Harry Kane. 
and he, he had some insight to how Harry Kane decides his penalties and apparently like two, three days before a match he's already decided where he's going to hit a pen if he gets one. No way. So like it's not like I guess most players probably you know pick up the ball and then decide. He is literally thinking two or three days before a game right I'm going to do it there. He practices, practices, practices and it shows doesn't it? You know like you got to have a lot of confidence to take a pen like that. 2-2, two, two, 86 minutes or something ridiculous. And slap it top. Do you know what I mean? Like The way he does it, it's so clinical that you can see he practices. And that was just some it's, interesting insight. It's perfect. Cause it's the perfect it penalty. Sense. Because if you hit it hard, it'll probably go in. But if you hit it in the top corner, it's unsavable. It will never be saved. Unless there's some freaky Haaland-style goalie in the future who's like eight foot tall and also really fast. But until then, it's unsavable. Okay, so here's a stat for Harry Kane. Of his 51, some counting last night's now as well, 51 England goals, he has scored 16 penalties. So it's about one every three games. So you weren't too far off, actually. Oh my word, that's way too many. It's a lot of penalties, isn't it? It's a lot of penalties, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is padded somewhat. But I mean, you know, how many has he scored? He's scored 15 out of 15, in which case maybe you could forgive him. Do you know what I mean? Because he is that good at them. But either way, what we do know is Harry Kane enjoys a penalty. And this is probably the only time I enjoy Harry Kane scoring a penalty is when watching England. Um, That's fair. But yeah, at that point on, you've got, what, five minutes left. See the bloody game out. It's it's crazy. I mean, it it was a mistake. It was a mistake from Nick Pope. He should have done better. He just fumbled the ball and it was easy tapping. He he didn't play very well. flappy, mate. He was looking... Really unassured. Um, he's definitely not going to be the backup goalkeeper. I almost feel like that nah. performance has shown that you've got to keep Ramsdale. Exactly. He's played himself down the pecking order, which is... Yeah. I feel like this is the worst thing about England, in a more general sense, is that in the last few months, the players that don't do anything are the ones moving up the pecking order. Because everyone he plays is just just failing to make a real impact. Mm. Like, Ramsdale didn't play any games, but he's now probably... A more solid choice and he's been pretty ropey this season it's a bit disappointing they're all basically the same goalie at this point they're all a little bit rubbish sometimes yeah I mean I understand the, the, the inclusion of Pope I mean based on form maybe Pope does deserve it for purely goalkeeping efforts not like uh, distribution just to say like the amount of saves he's done for Newcastle he's played well but mm-hmm. over these two games he's, he's he's not looked like he can cope at all and he just can't play out from the back and you know when like the goalkeeper just looks so shaky, kicks it off the pitch from like what should be an easy pass, and then everyone gets nervous, and like, the whole stadium kind of groans, and the players all fall back, and we just don't need any more of that. <laughs> we need someone no, at the back who can just keep it moving. Ramsdale um, is that guy. It makes sense. Because let's be fair, it comes back to the goalie a lot when you watch England. Like it's going back to the goalie way more than it should. Because we do just play backwards and we look for that long ball. That's so. true, actually, yeah. And if he's not that good at making those accurate long passes, then we're basically just wasting time, which I guess is probably fair. A fair assessment of England mm. up until the subs. Um, okay, speaking of the subs, that was really good. Gareth Southgate is renowned for doing crap substitutions. That's kind of his calling card. So it was very nice to see him affect the game with two subs, bringing on Mason Mount and Bukayo Saka. Both of which were very, very good. Don't think Saka scored, did he? But he set up at least one, and he was generally involved in all three. Had a great chance to win it at the end. Mason Mount scored a great goal. So, yeah, really nice say to see. He got two assists, but I don't think he did. He definitely got the assist for Mason Mount's goal. Yeah, and that was all Saka. Yeah, he got the ball, drove inside, did his man. Played a quick pass, clever pass, and credit to Mason Mount. You know, he's he's almost fallen over while he's hit that. But he's just done a classic Mason Mount of old. And yeah, just slapped that in. bit first time, top bins. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Saka, Saka was good. Ironically, Saka was probably, after Bellingham, England's best player. And he was only on the pitch for like 25 well, minutes. Well, there was that lovely little break at the end as well where... And Jude Bellingham's doing this all game where it comes to Jude under pressure. He scoops it out of his left foot to the kind of left-hand side to Harry Kane, who's dropped deep. And then he's managed to kind of clip it over for Saka on the right to make a run. And to be fair, when Saka was obviously, he was on his weaker foot trying to hit it from the right to the the goalie's left. But he couldn't have done any better. It was just a great save by Testegan. And I think that's what Saka brings. You know, it's just 
Foden, for all his prettiness, is a player that also likes to drop deep and be the one that clips the pass. Saka is the one that's willing to run. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if he if he's if he's more effective at seventy minutes than say for the whole ninety minutes. If we're being completely fair, and mm. um, Jeremy looked pretty tired by the end of the game, he did tear them apart. But uh, if, if we're going off that performance, going off this international break, he has to start on the right wing. He just has to. I'm not saying so. that as an Arsenal bias. It's just for the balance of the team. He he works a lot better. Otherwise, it's just Sterling and Kane. And Kane and yeah, I agree. He's he seems like a much better all round player, and he's he's a perfect foil. Like same as Sterling. They're very similar players. They like to cut inside, but they're happy to hang out wide and just create space for other players. But they like to stay forward, like you were saying. We, we get too congested because if the wing-backs are always kind of shuttling up and down, you need some players who are ahead of them. Otherwise, they mm. just run and then cut it back to the edge of the box yeah. and then we just end up back of the goalie and we go again. So, Especially I'm Harry a fan. Kane's just insistent on dropping deep. Like the guy's just... I mean... His, allergic to the to the uh, opponent's penalty box it's a joke however like, it was his round the corner first time ball which did release Saka vintage mate vintage Harry Kane true true exactly you know is Saka going to be the kind of son in the England team that, that Kane looks for there seems to be it feels disgusting to say it's between a Spurs and Arsenal player but a little bit of telepathy between the two yeah um, so Saka mate good game played himself into the lineup, into the starting lineup. That was one person who actually played well and actually played. So that was nice. Well, I think Mason Mount, to his credit, did well when he came on as well. Um, True, but where does he even fit? What even is Mason Mount? A midfielder? I, a cam? An number well, eight? He can't play yeah, on the wings, I don't really. Know. I mean, I'm looking at the, the formation for this game, right? And it's just, I don't know where Mason Mount fits into this team. So you've got five at the back, and you've got two, as I say, the deep pivot. That's and it, the five at the back kills it. The two it. wingers. It's just, there is no place for a Carra, but this team is desperate for another creative player in the pocket yeah. behind Harry Kane. You know, just, oh, I don't know. Like maybe maybe I should be a manager. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm seeing something that Gareth isn't, but I don't know what's going on in this formation. Ironically, we all think the same, but you have to think, probably not. And However, it's always 4-2-3-1, isn't it? That's just what everyone wants. That's what makes well, sense. Good segue, mate, because I was about to say, looking at Germany's setup, we've got a 4 2 3 1. <laughs> it's the best formation. It's any just... game, any match, it's the best formation. It does but it does time. rely on having two good centre backs, which, interestingly, was Schlotterbeck and Schuler, which were Germany's yes. centre back partnership, which is a Dortmund partnership, which is very strange. Because Dortmund are not a club that you traditionally associate with clean sheets. And no. they conceded three goals. So make your own minds up on that. Yeah, it was it was weird seeing them collapse. At 2-0 up, they'd silenced Wembley. It was getting a bit toxic in, inside Wembley. Really, I would have bet my house that they weren't going to throw it away from there. It was a case no. of how many. You know, I thought for us it was damage limitation. I was like, well, yeah. 2-0 down and not getting anything back. But no, they just regressed into themselves and... You know, a warning sign. I don't think any top nation going into the World Cup are looking at the top of their game. Maybe bar Brazil. France are looking a bit... I mean, I know France are ravaged by injuries. But Germany is the same. Um, and I wonder if the domestic form of... Because so much of their team is made up of, of Bayern Munich players that mm-hmm. the form of the Bayern Munich players is affecting their national team. Because in previous kind of years, you know, Bayern's usually just been this machine, right? And that reflects the kind of German national team. Because I swear, yeah. 8 out of 11 teams are from Bayern. But yeah, you know, they look, they're look they there for the taking. And I think, honestly, we could have done our job on them if we just weren't so sloppy. I agree. Sloppy. But unfortunately, we cannot avoid the topic any longer. Speaking of sloppy, no mm-hmm. Tamori. Harry Maguire retained. Gareth Southgate is taking, he's taking the piss, bro. He's actually taking the piss. Like, Maguire was honestly kiss. rubbish. I saw a meme of a guy, like, pausing it and trying to explain to his girlfriend why Maguire is so terrible and then just break it down like he's in Sky Sports Studio. <laughs> and she got it. Like, she got it. Because it was so clear. Like, oh, the first no. goal is crazily bad. It's unbelievably bad. Like, playing out from the back, he just gives the ball straight to Musiala and then just chops him for a penalty. And you're like... This guy is not the real. And the, and the referee honestly didn't even give it. 
tried to reprieve him. And yeah, then it went back. It he was like, "There's no the way. Replay. There's no way he's done <laughs> went back that. to the replay." Oh my god! It's just like, oh my god! It's just, it's just like frustrating. It's just because everyone could see that was going to happen. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like they're trying to pull the wool over eyes by saying he's a senior member of the squad. <laughs> you know, Harry's a top professional. Doesn't deserve this abuse. It's, like, it's not abuse. People are clearly pointing out that like this guy has a deficiencies that everyone knows about. Like, and mate. He's giving away a penalty again. <laughs> it's just it's unbelievably it's, bad. Like it's shocking. Like I just then, cannot get my head around it. You know, you think, okay, that was that was honestly terrible. Probably that's his clagger for the match. Oh no, oh no, he's not even no, done. Lost the ball done. for the second one upfield. Why is he upfield? No one knows. What the fuck's he doing up there? Played as a cam, loses the ball, then gets back in position. Let's have it set himself. And then, Give him all the space in the world, wouldn't it? I was watching that. And then just he like, and you're just unbelievable. Like, so this guy has given away a penalty. He's given the ball away. Then he's given away a penalty. Then he's given the ball away again. Then he's given him the space to set himself and shoot. And you're like, this guy is like putting in like Jonathan Woodgate levels of bad performance. You know, like the infamous Jonathan Woodgate debut where he scored a no goal and he got a red card for Real Madrid. This is like the kind of level. This is like a genuine one out of ten. It's unbelievable. He's protected though, isn't he? Like he, you know, he's going to Qatar. Like despite he's, he's starting, he's starting, he's starting, <laughs> he's starting, dude. It's crazy. Uh, oh, what did I, what was the headline that Shaw came out with? Let me just read this to you because this made me feel sick to my stomach. Oh, God, I'm literally thinking about that penalty still. It's just clips him. It's just like Harry. I would do that in the park. I sure, know. this is this is the headline. Fans need to accept Maguire is a key England player. No. Why do we need to accept that? No. It's not like it's, he has a contract with England. Yeah. It's, it's, it's completely different. Like, why do we have to accept this? Like, are you saying we just have to accept that we have... Uh, I literally can't get over that. I can't <laughs> get over that if that is, like, the messaging that we're getting from England squad. It's crazy. We're just going to accept it. Okay, so we're just going to accept that we're not going to win the World Cup ever again. You know? Just on the basis that you really like Harry Maguire as a professional. It's ridiculous. I just can't get over it. I just can't get over it. Do you know what it is, mate? Do you know what I mean, like? It's because he's his captain, mate. It's because he knows his self-preservation. If you accept Harry Maguire, you can quietly accept Shaw also not playing and being in the starting lineup. You know, true, true. He's like a, is. he's a shield, you know, for it's all a good criticism. Point. I, I mean, like, I do empathise a lot with Harry Maguire, and like, Same. I think Harry Maguire, lot, the person, I feel bad for. A lot of the the vitriol is is completely unwarranted. Like some of the the death threats and the personal threats, it's not warranted, mate. But you know, like it's it's. It, it's a 2022 thing, but it's not actually abuse if someone's just really bad. You it's know, a like, fact. It's honestly you know, a like, fact. You know, like, get the stats out. I'm sure the stats will back it up. Like, what are you going gonna to try and convince me that I'm blind? You don't, you don't you even know? need the stats. He's literally, No, you don't need the stats, but I mean, even the it. stats will back it up, you know? Like, yeah. it's crazy. Um, the problem anyway. is that there are other options. It's not like we're just stuck with him. Yeah, this no. is what I mean. This That's is what I would why people are getting it. annoyed. If, if it like, was only him and it was like Joe yeah. Gomez as the only backup, fair. fair. But there's Ben fair. White and there's Tamori who are both in great form. Yeah, who are miles beggar's better. belief. It's you know, like, like it's... Even Connor Cody, I would be fine with if it's a choice of the two. It's not my ideal one, but I take average over rubbish any day. Oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. That's what I mean. It's like it's a slap in the face to every England supporter, any football fan who watches football in any sense. Like, clearly Ben White's in a better bit of form. He's under less pressure. Like, clear, like oh, it's just... Oh, Gareth just needs to come out clean. He just needs to come out clean on his decision-making. Like, we need to know what's going on with Maguire now. Is it I because think... he's left-footed? Is that actually the reason, do you think? Is he? Is he even left-footed? Well, <laughs> right-footed. Well, according to, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> he's left-footed. I don't think he's either-footed. No way but... is he left-footed. Is he actually... I think so. I think that's why Harry Maguire's he third foot is right. I thought so, which Fuck makes sake. his decision to play him at left centre back all the more bewildering <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense. Like, at least help the guy out. You know, put him on the right. Put I don't know. Fuck who? Have we even got a left sided, left footed centre back? I don't think we do. Tyro Mings. I don't mate. think we do. It's Tyro Mings. That's Maybe, it. Is, is Tyrone Mings left footed? I don't think even Tyrone Mings is left footed. I think he's right footed. Oh, footed. stop. He's got to be. He's left footed. Stop this. No, I don't think he is, mate. Wikipedia's lying. Oh, he is left footed. Boom. Okay. Well, then even Tyrone Mings. Oh, actually, 
You know, if I'm being really honest, does Tyrone Mings deserve it over Harry Maguire? I think they're both as bad as each other right now. I've seen Tyrone Mings have a good game recently. The last game he played, he was good. He's I, had a clean I, sheet. I can't remember the last time I've seen Harry Maguire have a good game. So, He just hasn't played since Brentford. I mean, what, he's conceded seven in two games and hasn't played since, and you're telling yeah. me that. And now Man United know, are We have better. to accept this as fans. You know, we've got to accept that. Yeah. I mean, you're just digging your own grave. Um, but yeah, I mean, what more can be said about Harry Maguire that anyone who watched the game can't say? I mean... It's just, it's just, it's, it's not even funny. It's not even funny anymore. Like, nah. I feel bad for him. He probably feels bad. Everyone feels bad about the situation. But Gareth, for some reason, is just sticking with the man. It's crazy. Yeah, I agree. Look, okay, last point. I think that's probably enough. Um, Musiala is also very, very good at football. I think he was Germany's yes. best player, personally. And that's quite crazy. Harsh and Kai Havertz, that, isn't it? Maybe Havertz, yeah, that's fair. But I thought Musiala was noticeably good considering he's still a teenager. Um, yeah, he and I so think many problems. it's such a shame that we didn't nationalise him. Because I'm pretty sure he played for England like unders at some point and then Germany yeah. got him. Because yeah, Bayern, so I, Bayern took him. He started I think for he's Bayern. German born yeah, and then but, moved to England very young and then moved back to Germany, if that makes sense. Because he's, he's the real deal. He's. Yeah, yeah we I, think we think about Foden as like our oh, wonder kid. He's that he's that guy. He's that good, but I think he always had Germany in his heart, despite playing for underage groups. I that know, but what a shame, eh? We just don't need another cam that doesn't get played in the England team. To be fair, correctly, <laughs> we need a system <laughs> where it's only cams. What we need is Guardiola to come in. We do crazy we need ideas, someone, and just make everyone a cam because that's all we got. Total football. We can't Hansi- defend anyway. Fuck it. True. Hansi Flick as a as a manager in your international level is pretty decent actually for Germany. Like you 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 take yeah. Hansi Flick as England manager, wouldn't you? Well yeah, he's over, come off winning Southgate. the what, winning the Bundesliga with Bayern and the Pokal, I think. Like when's the last time And we Champions had, League. We've I don't think we've ever had an inform current top flight manager come after winning a shitload of stuff and go straight into the national job. I don't think it's ever happened. No. We get them when they're done. Like Capello or Hodgson, or we just get them when no one really wants them, like Gareth. Well, I mean, look at Spain, Enrique. Yeah. Germany's got Fleek. Then you've got France, got Deschamps, who's obviously a pretty good manager. Um, they hate and we've him. got Southgate. They hate him so much. <laughs> they hate him, but he delivers. Although, you know, recent form's been pretty shocking, but yeah. we'll come on to that. Yeah. But yeah, in a nutshell, right. um, it was it was a good result. But also a very disappointing result. So I don't know where 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 we what we take away from that. The bar is low, and we didn't lose. I think it's a small so, positive on a massive massive slide down. Classic England performance then. Yes, ready for the World Cup. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're just going to deep dive a little bit more into Southgate and English yeah. prospects as we get to Qatar. And we are back. We have calmed down from the previous bit, ready to go through the next stages, which is Qatar World Cup as a, as a whole, um, England's prospects and what it means for Southgate as well. So, yeah, let's look at, let's start England's group because uh, this is going to be the first bit. So we have Iran, USA and Wales. On the face of it, you'd say that it's an easy group. Mm-hmm. But after this year in terms of our schedule and our results, suddenly looking a little bit, a little bit tougher, maybe. I agree. I agree. I think, based on the way the Nations League has gone, I feel a little bit of apprehension. Do you think you're going to walk mm. in full points, maybe a draw somewhere in there, but pretty easy. But actually now, Wales, awkward team. I think we played them quite a lot. I think we played them in the Euros, and we either scraped a 1-0 or we drew. It wasn't very comprehensive. Mm. USA... They're not as good as they used to be, but it's just awkward. They're just an awkward team again. They're not going to try and play Unknown us. Unknown quantity. All That's of these teams are going to sit back and they're going to counter. And it's up to us to break them down. And we've proved we're not very good at scoring goals from open play. So against sort of nine, ten man defences, it's going to be hard. There's potentially three draws on the card here. 
this is what I'm concerned about. Let's say we don't get off to a win against the Rams, which everyone will be expecting. But again, it's it's probably a bit too presumptuous to expect that at this point. If we don't get a win, and either Wales or USA win, suddenly it's like, whoa, this is really bad. Like, really bad. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think the USA are a bit of an unknown quantity. You know, we don't really play USA ever. If they have their team back, you know, they've got some dangerous players. Pulisic is a good player. Yeah. Gio Reyna. Weston McKenney in midfield. They've got that Eunice Moussa at Valencia as well. You know, they have some top-level players that could cause problems. Yeah, a couple from Leeds um, as well, don't forget. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Jesus, Brendan Aronson as well. So, obviously, Tim Ream at Fulham. Lethal. Tim <laughs> Ream, mate. He's unreal. he's unreal. Unreal, mate. Unreal. Veteran. And then um, Iran. So, my understanding of Iran is they have a star striker now who they're very excited about. And he plays, I think he plays in Portugal. For is it? One of the... One of the decent-ish teams. And yeah, they're putting a lot of hopes on him to basically score any, you know, small half chances they might get on the counter. So they're no joke. They've got Carlos Quiroz back as their manager. And I think they're probably the best team from that region. You assume they're worse than they are. They're just unpleasant and awkward to play against. And I feel like Mm. they're one of the worst teams that England could actually play because... They'll do everything to just block us. And then they'll probably score their one chance they get with this really good striker. So it's awkward. It's not an easy group, it turns out. Not that there are easy groups in the World Cup, but it's harder than it looks. And I'm feeling less and less confident after watching us get pumped over and over again this year. It's definitely harder than it looked when it was first drawn. I mean, let's look over this year, calendar years, England schedules. I mean, it's it's not pretty reading this at all. Our last win was San Marino. Oh, my word. <laughs> a 10-0 win against San Marino, was it? Oh. Flat track no, release. No, that's not true. Uh, we had a 2-1 win against Switzerland and a 3-0 win against Ivory Coast. But I think all of those goals came from set pieces or penalties. I think we are really struggling in that creative department. And as you say, if you're having to break down teams going into that group set stage, pieces are everything. Really it's going to be all yes, about the set pieces but, to break them down. That's literally it. Oh, just the idea of our England team having to rely on set pieces in the group stages of the World Cup. It's just that's how we do it. That's how we did the Euros. A lot of corner it's goals, true. A lot of pens, it's true. free kicks. It's actually true. I'm lying to myself. Like that World Cup run in 2018 was all set pieces. Yeah, <laughs> it was all set like, pieces. We're we're a horrible team. We're not nice to watch at all. No. Oh no. It's actually going to be like that. Oh, oh I mean. Well. How does it work at the World Cup now? Because there's only three, three teams in a the, in the group. So is it the top one goes through as a no, top two? There's four teams in the group, mate. What are you talking about? No, there's only three. There's more, there's more groups, but only three, three in a group. England, USA, Iran, Wales. Oh, my God. Are you, <laughs> oh do you need to go God. to bed? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know what? I've seen three matches there, and I've just assumed there's three teams. <laughs> oh, this goodness. This is going to blow your right, minds, right? But the reason there's three matches is because you can't play yourself. Wait, no. I, what I've said is definitely there's there's some truth in that. Surely it goes down to three. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> oh wait. Oh my word. So, right. So I'm, I'm going to break it down to you. Nothing's changed. <laughs> the winner plays the runner up of another group in the knockout stages. <laughs> so the top two go through. Let's just put some elevator music in while I figure this out. Oh, my word. Okay, so the format for 2026. This is such a big tangent. I'm sorry, gang. <laughs> Who doesn't know how so the World Cup works, 48 teams going into the 2026 World Cup. Yeah. And there's going to be... the 2022 one, mate. I know, I know. I've jumped the gun. I've gone four years early. But there's going to be three a team from the next World Cup. Three a group, even. Okay. So that's fine. Okay. I, it was... It was it was loosely grounded in, in, in truth, but no, there, <laughs> there were four teams going into this World Cup. Um, so how's it work? Top two, so the second team will go into a playoff. No, mate, first place second from each group. Is that how it so works? like Group A winners will play Group D runners up. Boom, da 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 da, knockout. Oh, uh, and is there a third place play? There used to be a playoff. I don't think so. Positive, I'm pretty but... sure it's 24 teams, so it divides really nicely into 12, and then. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about the logistics. That's not. That's not our job. 
The World Cup works. No. The world keeps turning. Yeah, I mean, FIFA, I can't, can't rely on FIFA for a lot, but I, I assume they're going to get their prize pony. How do you correct. feel about it being in Qatar? Because I heard that, A, there's only a few places to drink alcohol, and B, the price of alcohol is going to be about £20 a pint in a lot of those places. So it sounds I... awful from an English person's perspective. I'm not saying we all drink, but... When I think about the Euros, I had quite a few beers and they were great moments. Yeah, I mean, I think the tourist tax on alcohol is pretty normal across the Middle East and other Muslim countries. Um, it might just be the first experience for a lot of English people. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't... It's really hard, Qatar. Like, let's say Qatar was not grounded on loads of you know, human rights exploits and you know all the unsavoury things that we've heard about Qatar's World Cup and their bid... If we could exclude that and say they had a completely normal ethical bid, I think it makes sense for the Middle East or a Middle Eastern country or a country within that region to host a World Cup. We've got no problem with Winter World Cup. I think going forward, it would make sense that every 16 years, you know, it hits it hits the Middle East in the same way that it's going to North America in 2026. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't actually have an issue with that. And it makes sense that it has to happen in winter because obviously it's too hot. But... Just, you can't you can't detach the two things. Do you know what I mean? No. You can't detach you can't detach the human the human rights exploits and the fact that they're taking workers' passports away and basically exposing them to slave labour. <laughs> you, you can't. Exactly. No one can. And the, the biggest pie in the face is, is this whole. Do you see the messaging before these two nation leagues games where it's like respect and you know, all this all this bloody <laughs> yeah, charity bollocks? I thought everyone, I thought everyone copped out there. I thought like they should have said what they really meant when they said respect. I stand up yeah. for homosexuality and be able to be myself is what they really should have said. Yeah, you know, the, the, the lack of because it's not allowed. Of opposition. It's not allowed. No, this is what I mean. Like if you're a gay football fan, I'm sorry, you shouldn't go to Qatar. Not because you just you could get in trouble. It's not safe. Yeah, it's still not safe. Then, Whatever then, they say, it doesn't feel safe. What about homosexual football players? And we know they exist. Exactly. You know, obviously, there's not a lot publicly. But what about them? How do they feel about going to a, to a country that literally it's illegal to be you know, to be what yourself? To be yourself. You know, like is it fair to expose football players to that? Do football players even get a No, they don't. You know that. Football players don't get a choice. And, you know, unfortunately, they won't say anything because in all likelihood, that'll mean you dropped from the team. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, each football association, let's face it, has been paid something by the sport washing of Qatar. So, ethically, it's 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 not a great work, especially coming off the back of Russia. It's just like, guys, yeah, like, at least put something in the middle. It's a <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a joke how, like... <laughs> You know, just how obvious it is that this is all just cash money going to FIFA that's making all of this happen. Like, they're not even trying to hide it. There's no there's no nah. reason to give it to Qatar. They didn't even no. have a single football well, stadium. No, this is... There's no... No, there's but how do you grow the game? If it's a World Cup, why would you exclude one of the continents? Yeah, but I just think it's they should give it to a country that aligns with the values of FIFA, for example, which is what, respect. Qatar, well, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and if that's you're why it's like in that, the US then... next, man. Got to get that dollar. <laughs> it is. It is literally a money-making exercise, and this is their biggest thing. And this is why they're expanding it to forty-eight teams next time, mm. so they can get more viewers. You know, like it's it's all that pyramid idea that Todd Burley was talking about. You know, every federation's after it. But I do think there is some merit in saying that. Why shouldn't the Middle Eastern country host the world no, they should, they even should. if they don't have the infrastructure i get that you know i get I mean? that side of it and i think it is it must be really exciting if you're because apparently like even fans in like egypt for example they're just so happy that it's just in a country that you know yeah, feels a little bit more be. aligned to their day-to-day culture than just always in the west basically there's a whole other I world that's out there. but probably could have chosen a better country in the middle east could have but then oh i don't know I'll be honest, like, oh, no, actually, no, is this too controversial to say on the pod? I don't know. Well, my opinion is if it was given to, let's say, United Arab Emirates or Saudi Arabia, they'd still be faced with the same problem, which is not, not enough infrastructure to actually host an event like the World Cup. Yeah. And they would come to the same solution, which is enforce people from Lebanon and other places, you know, to come over and, and rescind their passport and build these, build these, you know, massive structures and... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I do not agree with it at all. Can I just say, I just, I just, yeah, I, I don't know where to begin with it, but I do understand the reasoning, but I don't buy it at all. It is just money making. Do you know what I mean? As, as positive and as you, as you might try and make it about it being based in Qatar, ultimately it was, it, it, it's a case of sports washing, you know? Big time. It's just a sports washing exercise for Qatar um, and a big tourism kind of campaign for them. That's all it is. Yeah, you're so right. Um, and in, and in return, FIFA get loads of cash. You know, like it's not about the football, but let's try and pretend that it is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point as well because no one's ever. Well, Qatar is not top of most people's holiday destinations. No. And <laughs> my understanding is that there's actually very little to do there outside of the games, and even worse. A lot of the places, the licensing to show the matches is so expensive and it's on a TV by TV basis as opposed to a general thing. So football fans oh, wow. can't even watch the matches like in the hotel because they're not showing it or in their rooms. So there's basically nothing to do once you yeah. come and watch the match. So after 90 minutes, either side of it, the four days or whatever, basically nothing to do. And... It's just going to be a load of people from all different countries, all just sort of congregating and just being hot and not really knowing what Not to even do. able to drink, yeah. It wouldn't even have to be outside. It'd have to be in an air-conditioned event space or something along the lines. Like, you know, same with Dubai. You, you can't just go outside at any time of the day. No. Because um, so it's, it's simply too hot. I think logistically yeah, um, as it's a going punter, to be bad. I think there's going to be some issues. I think there's going to be trouble. Yeah. Just because people are bored, which is bad as it sounds, like there's nowhere to push people or distract mm. people. You've got to think about these things when you host major events. You know, you can't just bring yeah. people somewhere and then just not give them any stimulation or anything to do and price them out of all the activities. That is a very good point. What, what, well, I suppose if there's no alcohol being sold, then, you know, you eliminate one of the problems that might incite loads of mm. anger. But yeah. I, I I would not be I I personally wouldn't want to buy tickets to a to a Qatar World Cup. No, it doesn't do it for in me. the same way. You know, the same way that say a Brazilian World Cup might hold a bit more grander, for example. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm going to stick with my point and say I understand, and I think this could be the start of a lot of Winter World Cups. I would expect there to be <laughs> now a cycle. Yeah. Where there is one every so tournament to keep it fair, and you know, it's all part of that globalisation of the game and in some respects Premier League is at fault for that you know the Premier League is has made football popular in these countries I'm saying that like it's a bad thing it's, it's absolutely not a bad thing but you know the globalisation of the Premier League essentially it's a Super League you know and FIFA are kind of following that blueprint and I think you know this this is this is ultimately the outcome and I think us as Europeans maybe we get a bit precious about football because we do see ourselves as kind of the bastions of football, right? Well, it's all we hear, um, isn't it? You know, greatest league in the world. We've got Champions yeah, League, exactly. peak football, all of this. So yeah, I get that. I get that. I just think it doesn't really align with the messaging. But I, I like the idea of spreading it because it is a World Cup. It is a World Cup. Exactly. It's just exactly. when you dig down into it, unfortunately, all the infrastructure and where, I mean, where FIFA basically is, right? They're based in Switzerland. Like, that's not that's not a coincidence, you know. They they want to be in the kind of area for for the football that's in the general uh, region. But anyway, anyway, what's going on with European nations? Why are they all struggling? Is it fatigue? France one win in six. England zero wins in six. Spain two wins in six, and Germany one win in six. You know what? I actually think I know the answer to this, and I think it's very similar to Liverpool's problems, which is these teams, players, play too many games. I mean, look at France. Let's take France, for example, right? France are ravaged by injuries at the moment. Is it any surprise that the ones that are injured are the ones that have played pretty much every single game last year with a shortened break to facilitate this World Cup after a pandemic uh, interrupted season where, again, they didn't have a break? Like, come on, guys. (laughs) Who would have There's thought only it? so much football. Who would have thought um, it in this condensed schedule after a pandemic yeah. and then another condensed season and then a World Cup condensed season? Who would have thought it? And then, you know what? Why don't we just, why don't we just bolt on two um, Nations League games right on the end of the season when everyone's really motivated? It's no wonder yeah. that no one's turned up. No, no exactly. It's just it's actually too much football. Um, and I read a really interesting in-depth article about soft tissue injuries and how 
these accumulate well so these these occur after accumulation of so many games played mm. um, and it all ties into like the mental rest as well so let's say you've got a schedule like Liverpool had last year where you play I think it was between like October and December it was a game every three days pretty much wasn't it bang on but let's say you spend in those three days you only get like 24 hours rest because six hours of you know those days is getting to the match and then you've got training then you've got media duties like how much downtime do these players actually get to rest and relax and actually switch off probably not a lot no probably not a lot at all not enough um, either no. like they're always not enough i mean that's why they're all being managed on a case-by-case basis because they're all basically in the red zone at different points or like all the time it's just managing the red zone constantly yeah but i mean you know how many games Liverpool played last year 60 something yeah like 62 Crazy. man ridiculous 62 games and then what you have six weeks off and now you're back and now you've got all these getting now obviously the queen dying god rest her soul has not helped the schedule list at all well it's not it's not her fault um, it's fa most other sports carried on don't know why they called it off it's a weird weird decision i think well day of mourning like it's you know it's exceptional circumstance but i mean like this is it like any slight delay and like this is this is the outcome there's loads of injuries yeah. loads of injuries and do you, I think FIFA do need to look into it because do FIFA want a World Cup without all of its stars? Let's say like fifty percent of, of the global superstars don't make it purely because you know they're all injured. Well, speaking of stars missing out, Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal, they have won four of their six games, and Italy have won three. So I'd like to throw this out there: maybe the teams that have been not winning just aren't that bothered about the Nations League and they're trying to conserve themselves and not get injured. So the teams that aren't at the World Cup, Italy and Portugal, are taking it seriously and that's why they're in the final bit because they don't have they don't have a World Cup at the end of the season. Um, the only exception yeah, to this maybe. is Holland, who've just absolutely blitzed, blitzed the Nations League for no reason. Um, yeah, I, don't I think know. I just I don't, think, don't so. think players are that bothered right now. I think... Being winning the Nations League is the lowest priority out of all of their commitments and something it had to give. I mean, these are friendlies, right? Let's not forget, these are just replacing friendlies. No. Yeah, so. I don't think... No one dreamt as a kid of winning the Nations League. No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, it's just another cash-spinning exercise. That is as, one uh, thing to cling on to uh, as an England fan. That It'll be a different England that turns up in the tournament. This one is yeah. not a real one. I, I like the optimism. Do I think a different England's going to turn up? I don't think so. I think this is the level at the moment, unfortunately. Mate, we're, we're going to grind them out. That's what we do. That's what we do, baby. We grind out horrible 1-0 wins with penalties and then we get to the semis and then we get all excited and we grind out one more. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I would take a run to the semis again. Like, if we got to the semis, and I think as much as people hate the football, then you can't deny that it's effective. Mate, tournament football's um, only results. It's a results business. To be fair... Before we sign this one off, let's just have a quick overview of Gareth Southgate and what the future holds for him. Um, Post-World Cup, you know, what do you think? Do you think he keeps his job? Do you think there's a certain requirement in terms of the result of the World Cup for him to keep his job? What do you reckon? So I think, honestly, I think whatever happens, he'll probably move on. I think Gareth Southgate as an individual is very in tune with what's going on in the world. And he's also like a very respectful, very honest, like he's a really good politician. And I think he will know that if he does well, that's a great time to leave. Um, And if he does badly, it's a great time to leave. So I think whatever happens, he will choose to move on because he knows that hanging on will cause problems for the relationship between the team and the country. So I believe whatever happens, he will move on. Even though he extended in November twenty twenty one till twenty twenty four, I think I think he'll probably I think he can feel the mood. I think I I I will hope that he's respectful enough to just move on. Sometimes you know it's the right time to go, and it feels like it's getting to the end of that era. I think he'd rather walk mm. than be pushed. Yeah, I think we'd all like that for Gareth to be fair, because it's, it's you know one thing I want to say is like we all respect Gareth Southgate despite us maybe slagging him off a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. Um, and it's easy to get frustrated at this England team because I think with every England team you always expect that they could do a bit more yeah. Um, but yeah that's a good yeah I think that's, that's that's a pretty fair analysis actually either way he'll probably go uh, but I mean what is what what is the minimum for Gareth Southgate going into this World Cup for you I'd say he has to get to at least the knockouts 
second round knockouts, maybe even the quarters, but it depends on the draw um, and our route to that. I do think it depends on the draw. I think I'd like to see us beat a, at least one team better than us, not just crumble at the first hurdle. Because I think the general prediction is we're probably going to play France quite early. So if we can get past France and then go out, I'd be okay with that. If we just lose to France straight away, then it's just rubbish, really. Cause it, it's no shame in losing to France, though. No, I know, but you know what I mean? Like, I'd like to see us at least be competitive. Um, I mean, obviously, I want to see us get to the semis minimum, but it's a World Cup. It's a different beast than the Euros. There's a lot more dangerous mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, I feel like it just won't be as easy as 2018 as well. It does feel like 2018 was an exceptionally... Not exceptionally, but it was an easier run, wasn't it? It was an easier run for us yeah. to get to uh, get to the semis. We didn't play... I, dare I say it, Croatia were the first top team that we really played and we lost. So, yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, let's say he does walk at the end of... Obviously, we won't know the answer to this until he until the World Cup's done. But how do you think we're going to view Gareth Southgate in time to come? I think positively. Because he did... <coughs> he did almost win a podcast. A podcast? Oh my God. Almost win a tournament. <laughs> my head was elsewhere. <laughs> oh. He did almost win a podcast. You're right. He did almost win a podcast. Uh, but listen, man. He, he almost won a tournament and he got to semi-finals in the other one. And that is a better record than everyone I can remember by far. And he got me excited to watch England. Like I know it's getting a bit apathetic again, but before he came in, everyone was done with England. It was just it was it was a chore to even bother. He gave mm. he gave us some seriously good moments, like great moments, great memories, like especially during the Euros, watching us beat Germany, and then you know that first goal in the final. Oh my days, we were all we were all loving it. That was like the peak of life mm. in England. It really was. Yeah, and the come down after that was horrific. I was ready to get the flares out. Same. Into the streets. Same, mate. Top off. <laughs> so bloody ready. In a different universe, in a different timeline, as we say. Yeah. Maybe it would have happened for us. So I think positively. I think... Yeah, I think so. You always I look back at important. things, don't you, more positively as well. Yeah. It's important not to let the... The kind of... It's almost like anger at this point, isn't it? And I think it's because we've had it so good since he's come in that anything less than, you know, pretty damn good these days is not good enough for England fans. Whereas before we would accept turgid turmoil. Remember going out in the, I think it wasn't even, I don't think it was the quarters, I think it was the last 16 against Iceland in 20, exactly. 2016. But that's what I mean, like that, just, was, that was Nadir, that was rock bottom. And he's brought us almost straight back to the top. So mm, exactly, you know, we, we, we're proud to, to of the England team again, which actually is a much bigger task than than people give credit for. But alas, history remembers the winners. Yeah, sadly, it, it very rarely remembers the losers. So he does need to get a cup or tournament win to cement himself. Oh, I don't know, mate. Um, I think that's tough. There's literally one tournament every two years. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I mean, oh, you could have done it last year at the Euros. You know what I mean? You know, we were that close last year. Who's to say we couldn't do it again? I know the form's not even as bad, but well, he's shown that he can get that us That is that the goal, point. isn't it? By Euro 2024 is what, whoever that whoever that guy is in charge of the FA. That's what, That was his forecast. By 2024, we'll have won something, so let's see. Well, I like that. Let's end it there on an optimistic <laughs> note. 2024, another couple of years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, who's your winner for the World Cup? <laughs> But maybe we don't want to answer that. Oh. Say it of your heart, Hugh. No, go on. Don't say it of your head. Go on. Let's just... Three, two, one. Brazil. Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> Hungary actually decent. Hungary doing bits at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. I do, yeah, Brazil. Let's be fair. Brazil. I mean, Neymar's looking in top form. I don't think they've got any major missing. If anything, they've got their sport for choice in terms of who they bring. They've got- if they can leave Bobby Firmino, Martinelli and Gabriel from their team, then... They're doing okay. They're doing doing right, yeah. They've got a damn good team. I mean, think about it. It's Vinicius Junior, Neymar, and then whoever you want. Richarlison, Paqueta, Gabriel Jesus, Mm. if they want to bring him. There's probably tons of others that I can't even think of. So many. Yeah, Rodrigo. He's probably on the plane, isn't he? Yeah. So they look good. And I think overall, hot country, South American teams win. That's generally the rule, overall. So, and the European teams don't look that good. 
I don't know. 20 years ago now, wasn't it? 2002. 2002. So. Yeah. Probably Jerwin. Yeah. 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 But you know what? Yeah. Probably France as well. Yeah. France. Actually, France no. Will be a nice France are going to blow up. The sides are there. It's blow up. It's blow up tournament for France. Every three or four, for them? they blow up big time. I know what you mean. Benzema fails to find form, and if Mbappe doesn't immediately start scoring, then Mbappe's falling yeah. out of everyone. It's set. It's set for a blow up. So I mean, Pogba did put a uh, put a curse on him with a witch doctor, didn't he? So <laughs> maybe that will happen. Yeah, <laughs> that is one of the weirdest stories to come out this season. I know. He paid money to put a hex on <laughs> Mbappe. <laughs> He's like, I'm the most Pogba thing you've ever heard. It's crazy, but there must be some truth to it. But hey, let's see how yeah. that plays out. That could actually be so I feel like funny. that's classic France, yeah. isn't it? Just put a hex on your own teammate. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, why not? <laughs> not just any teammate, your best player as well. No, yeah, your best, your best player. You're going to pay a witch doctor millions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah I mean, maybe, maybe the witch doctor got it wrong, put it on Maguire instead. <laughs> Well, we don't know that Pogba didn't put one on Maguire because they did use to play together. <laughs> oh, I remember that time when Maguire kicked him in the head and he started bleeding. Maybe that was after that. He thought, right. <laughs> A curse upon your family. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not oh, the worst working God. theory in the world because he is so rubbish. You know, it's more plausible than Luke Shaw saying that we have to accept this. <laughs> so, <laughs> he needs, he needs an it, exorcism. Man. That's what he needs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, won't, it won't be too long the way it's going before someone suggests that as a as a viable alternative. So no, well, yeah, <sighs> listeners, let us know what you think. Do we need to organise an exorcism for Maguire before the World Cup? Yeah, and if so, please recommend a nice exerciser. An exerciser. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, That's not a real job. God. I think you, I think no. you need a priest. We're... Maybe. I know, exercise sounds a bit cooler. But exercise sounds like a personal it's, trainer to me. It's a, it's a double entendre, isn't it, for, um, for footballers and that? Oh, wow, fucking hell, I'm going nowhere. Let's just end this now. Yeah, got it. Um, do you want to plug? Should we plug? Are we going to plug? Guys, the day is here. Instagram is going up tomorrow. I'm going to post some stuff. Hugh's going to post some stuff. Twitter's going to be popping. LinkedIn will be dry, but whatever. That's not where we get followers. So... Mm. Follow us from the backseat, football podcast on Instagram, um, and just love us, really. Just like stuff. Yeah, share it with your friends, share it with your mum, share it with your hamster. Share it, share it, share it, please, so we can, yeah, get some traction on this bad boy. I think we're going to do some YouTube content pretty soon. Keep your eyes out. You may see us in the algorithm. Um, and when are we back? Next week, after the prem. Yep, we'll be back on Monday or Tuesday for... Most of a Prem review. Perfecto. Well, until then, Jack, have a good week. I will see you next week. Likewise. Have a great holiday. Um, And yeah, catch up with you next week. Perfect. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Mm